Uh, it's great to see you. I, I just got to get a confession out before we get started. Uh, welcome all to our guests here, but there's some people who aren't here. Uh, they're at the beach. They're at the lake. They're at the river. They're in the mountains. There are a lot of places. And I just want to say online, you guys are watching, if you're there, I forgive you. God bless you. And I'm glad we have online. No judgment. Just, just wanted to say, get that out there, right? That's my, that's my wicked heart that I got to work on. Okay? Not that I wish I was there. I'm really glad I'm here with you guys today because I'm really excited about this, this topic that we have. Uh, and I'm glad that you're here in the room because there's nothing like being in the room. I've watched online. It's not the same. Uh, you, you, don't get, you don't get everything. But, uh, you know, t today I, I want us to celebrate what we have. Uh, th this phrase that, that we have in the Declaration of Independence, uh, you see it. And this is what the whole celebration is about, our independence. 239 years ago, this document was put together and shared. Look at what it says. We, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain and inalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It's such a powerful statement. We love this part probably more than any other part. Did you know that Abraham Lincoln quoted this part in a very famous speech? Do you know that Martin Luther King Jr. quoted this in front of the Lincoln Memorial in the, in the Capitol Mall one afternoon? And this is often quoted over and over again. And, and some of you think, okay, where are we going with this? Is this going to be a political speech? No, we're not going there, okay? This isn't a, a statement about anything else except as followers of Jesus. And if you're here as a guest, uh, I want to welcome you, but I want you to know we're, we're followers of Jesus. So we, we take a phrase like this and we say, okay, what can I get out of this as a follower of Jesus? You know, as you saw in the video these are incredible rights or gifts that we have, and people died for these. I want you to understand that this isn't something you just go, oh, yeah, we got this. American flag and, and the celebration and everything else. But somebody died for this. So you and I could have this. So we could be free to have this. Lots and lots of people died so we could be where we are today. And as followers of Jesus, do we have life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness? You know, I believe it's my conviction we should have this more than anybody else that doesn't follow Jesus. Somebody who doesn't have what we have, we could have so much more of this. Because we can get down and find what this really means. We can break these words down according to what Jesus said, according to what the scriptures teach. So today, we're going to look at these three words, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness from the vantage point of, of the scriptures. 
so we can really understand what Jesus taught about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And I believe today you can leave here more blessed than when you came. And you can be excited about what we have. And you can share it with other people, what this is really about. So let's begin. We're going we're gonna to talk about the three, and so we're going to break it down. And obviously, in, in 40 minutes, we're not going to be able to cover everything. But just let's start out with life, okay? Where does life come from? And Jesus talked about it. John 10, 10. He talks about the thief, and he's talking about the enemy. We got some feedback here. Is that annoying, distracting to you guys? A little distracting to me. Let's do this. Turn the green, green mic on. We'll turn this off. Better? Better? All right. Got to be ready for anything in these services. All right, back to Jesus. He said, listen, I came for this. The thief, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come, Jesus, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus came so we could have life, so you and I could have life. Now, we're not talking about life as the world portrays it, we're talking about life as, as Jesus portrays it. And I want you to understand something. There's more to life than what you see. See, a lot of us get caught up in the life that we see, material world, material girl, material boy. And it's what we see. It's here and now. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 you don't understand. There's more to this life. Life is spiritual. Life is spiritual. There's a whole other level to life that you need to understand. It's spiritual. It's three-dimensional. You're living in two dimensions. I'm telling you there's three dimensions. There's spiritual life, and there's also eternal life. And only through Jesus can we, you and me, have spiritual life and eternal life where we can live at a different level. And, And he goes on and he says this, in a, in a later chapter, John 14, verse 6, and he said, Jesus answered them, because they were asking, who are you, Jesus? And he says, I am the way, the truth, and the what? Life. I'm the life. And he goes on to say, no one comes to the Father except through me. He's making a very clear statement here. If you want access to God, you don't do it through a priest. You don't do it through a prophet or a holy man. There's only one way to God. And for the Jews, this meant, I don't have to go to the temple. There's no curtain. There's no priest, no Levites. I have direct access to the Father. If I go to the Father, through who? Through Jesus. You and I can have direct access to God, and that's what he's saying. And he says, listen, I'm the life. I'm the model. And so I want to I ask you, if you really want life, as it's spelled out in the Declaration of Independence, life, liberty, in the pursuit of happiness, if you want life to its full, as Jesus said, you've got to look to him. Not to the world, not to Donald Trump, not to the politicians and the celebrities and these other characters that are out there. This is life. No, it's not life. Jesus brings life. Jesus is the one, and so today we're here to focus on Jesus. Okay, so so let's say it together. There's power in in the name of Jesus. Let's say it together. Jesus. There's so much power. And if you want life, as is declared 
It's only through Jesus, and that's who we're following. So I want to I ask you, are you really following Jesus today? Are you serious about following Jesus, or is this, I'm going to follow a little Jesus, and I'm going to follow a little of, of somebody else? If you really want life, you've got to follow Jesus. He goes on, uh, 1 Peter, let's just talk about life, material life here on this earth. 1 Peter, he quotes Isaiah the prophet. And he says, for all people are like what? Grass. They're like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers in the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Let me, let me break it down for you. Last night, we were celebrating 4th of July, as we always do. It's, you know, certain traditions. So we go to the, the, the city firework display, and we've done it for many years. But guess who wasn't there? Our kids. They weren't there. You know why? Because they're grown up. You know, a daughter, she's, she's there at the ICMC in Phoenix doing her thing with the college students. That's where they are right now. Most of our college students are there in the ICMC. Son, he's in college in Hawaii, but they're, they're not there. And so I took a picture, you know, of the, the thing and, 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 and sent it to him. I said, I miss you guys a lot. But they're not here anymore. Let me give you a little preview to life. It may make you feel a little sad, but it's reality. It's fleeting. It's fleeting. You know, here in California, we know in springtime, everything's green, and then a little later, it gets brown, and then a little later, it's dead. He, he's saying, listen, he's quoting Isaiah, and Isaiah was charged by God, the prophet. He said, go out and tell everybody. Go out and tell everybody this. All men, all men, all women are like grass. You're only here a short amount of time. Take advantage of it. But make sure you're in a right relationship with God so that you can live on. See, because it's going to happen fast. We think we're here forever. We're not. The glory is gone quickly. But here's the, here's the encouraging thing. But the word of the Lord endures forever. So what do you want to do if you want to live forever? You want to hang on to the word. And today we're here to hear the word, not me. I want you to hear the word of God. Hear the word of the Lord so you can grab a hold of it, so you can have it. And hold on to it forever. Just, just a reminder. We move on to the next word. Liberty. What, what's liberty? Tell me what liberty is. Freedom. Let's say it together. Freedom. We live in a free country. Okay? And if you want to know what it means to be free, leave here, go somewhere else, and spend some time in another country where people are not free. You can't meet like this. It's against the law to meet like this. Or you have, to, you have to be a part of a particular religion. You can't choose. No, this is how it's going to be. This is what we allow, and you cannot do anything else. It's called liberty. And our forefathers fought for it and died for it. Freedom. We have it in this country, but let me ask you a question. Are you free? Are you free? What does freedom mean? It means I can do what I want, when I want, how I want. That's what freedom means. 
But let me ask you a question. Can you do what you want, when you want, how you want? If you're really honest, and and in college I had to get really honest with myself. At 21 years old, I had to get honest with myself. I'm free, but I can't do what I want. And I can't be who I want to be. See, because I want to be different. I'm not happy with who I am. I'm not happy with the things that I'm doing and the way I'm hurting people. The people that I love, I'm not happy with this. And I can't change. And I came to the conclusion, I'm not free. I'm actually a slave in a free country. What a tragedy. And see, Jesus breaks it down for us. To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching... You are really my disciples. So by him saying, you're really my disciples, what's the real mean? If there's a really disciple, a real disciple, what's that mean about the other side? There's false disciples. And he breaks it down for us really clear. And he's saying it to religious people, people who believed in Jesus. They had religion. They went to church or they went to synagogue. They had a belief system, and Jesus breaks it down. He says, listen, if you hold to my teaching, if you put it into practice, then you're a real disciple. You're a real follower. And then he goes on to say this. This is so powerful. Then you'll know what? The truth, and you'll be set free. The truth will set you free. You want liberty? You want to live out the Declaration of Independence? You want to have true, real freedom? I mean, we love the word, but we're not free. And the reason we're not free is because we're not honest about freedom. We're not truthful with ourselves. We're living a lie, and every once in a while that lie, it, it rears its head, and it says, man, you, you, you're not changing, you're not growing, and these things are keeping you down, and you're, they're dogging you. They're hurting you. They're hurting your relationships. You can't grow. You're not moving forward. You're stuck. But then we go back, and oh, I'm free. And, 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 and we're deceived. But he's saying here that the truth will set us free. And, and really what he's saying is the truth, the truth, God's word, his word, will set you free. And I want to talk about this today because I believe we're taking for granted something really, really, really awesome that we have. Look at what James says about the truth. He says, don't merely listen to the word, God's word. Don't merely just listen to it and so deceive yourselves. In other words, lie to yourself. When you're just hearing it and you're not putting it into practice, you're lying. You're lying to yourself. Do what it says. Now, let me just honestly, in the church, do we hear the word of God a lot? Yeah, we do. During the week, I just got to tell you guys, I listen to the word a lot. I read the word a lot. But there's a difference between hearing it and doing it. If you're not doing it, guess what you're doing? You're lying, and guess what? You're not free. You're not free. You're trapped. You're not growing. You're not changing. And so as we hear the word, let's make sure we do it. 
okay? So we're not deceived and we're not in slavery. He goes on, chapter 1, verse 22, don't merely just listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror. Okay, how many of us today looked in the mirror so far? The rest of you are lying. Every single, I go out on a limb, every single one of us, children included, looked in the mirror this morning. We're trained to do it. What's a mirror for? What's it for? It's, I'm going to blind some of you. A mirror, mirror is to look at yourself. And we do it a lot. You're going to do it a number of times today. You know, I've counted already. I've looked a number of times in the mirror so far because i got a mirror, but I've already done it. And he's saying, why do we do it? Why do we look in the mirror? Just, just tell me why you look in the mirror because you want to know what you look like, right? You woke up this morning and, and, and you want to know if there's, you know, there's some stuff or if the hair is, you know, up or to the side or if you got a droop, right? You want to know. And we look at the mirror and guess what we do? We fix ourselves because something's not right. So we fix it. We change it. We rearrange it if we can. Some things you can't change. You walk away. But here's, here's, here's the thing about mirrors. We look at mirrors a lot. You know what he's saying here? He's saying, he's saying that, that this is the same as this. This is a mirror. This is going to show you what you look like. So you've already looked at the mirror this morning, physical mirror, but have you looked at this mirror yet? Do you know what you look like? Do you even want to know what you look like? See, and here's my concern for some of us. We have no idea what we look like from God's vantage point. We have no idea. And, and people are looking at us like, Really? Dude, have you looked in the mirror yet today? Because you don't look too good. You, you, you got some things going on here, up here, and, and you just don't look happy. You, something's not right with you. And I'm not trying to judge, I'm just saying like it is, but the reason, reason we get to those places and the reason why life implodes on us and we're surprised, oh my gosh, what's happened? You just, you haven't been paying attention. And this is, what, this is what James is saying here. He's going on and he says, look. And after looking at himself, he goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. It's the truth. Why do we look at the mirror so many times in a day? Did you forget what you look like? We're just checking. Has anything changed? in the last couple of hours. Is anything misplaced? Is there a new wrinkle? Or, or for, for 
you guys, has anything grown in my face? Okay, is anything growing? I know, I've been there. Still, still happens, still goes on with me to this day. But you gotta check. We forget what we look like. That's why we look in the mirror so much, but here's a concern. You forget what you look like over and over. And you know what we're really good at doing? We're good at pointing out what other people look like. I see this a lot in the church. What's a mirror for, really? Let's get real. What's a mirror for? It's, it's to look at who? You. Do you see people walking around going, hey. Have you seen you yet? Do you know what you look like? Well, I'm here to show you what you look like. Okay? You don't look so good. See? We don't do that, do we? A mirror is for what? Looking at you. Are, are, are you looking at you? Some of you have been a little while without looking at you. And it's a problem. You have no idea where you are, and you want freedom. I want to be free. How are you going to know what freedom, freedom is? He goes on. He says, verse 25, and this is where he spells it out. He says, for whoever looks intently in the perfect law that gives what? Say it with me. Freedom. This, this gives freedom. You know, on a physical level, this gives you the ability to see yourself and possibly make changes, doesn't it? But this, this provides you with where you are and gives you the power. See, because before Jesus, before Jesus, this perfect law, it really was kind of negative because people couldn't change. They didn't have the Holy Spirit. We talked about that for five weeks See, the Holy Spirit gives us the ability, the Word gives us the ability to see who we are, and then the Holy Spirit gives us the ability to change, the power to change. But you're not going to change anything if you're not paying attention. And he continues in it. So this, this here idea of continues in it, what's that mean? How often should you look in the mirror? As many times as you do. So I'm going to give you a challenge today. I want you to count how many times you look in the mirror physically. And it includes the rear view mirror. Because you do that. You guys peek and you check. Oh, I'm just checking behind the car. No, you're not. You're checking you. You know, you'll be walking by a car and there'll be a rear view mirror kind of extended from the car. And guess what you'll do? You'll go over and check. And you check. Why? Because you're so worried about how you look. And you are so not worried how you look to God and spiritually. If you want freedom, you got to know what you look like. You got to know what freedom looks like. And, and, and this is where it comes from. And he goes on to say, but doing it, meaning putting into practice, making changes, seeing what you look like and rearranging what you look like, they will be what? Blessed. You know what this word means? Blessed. Another word? Happy happy. They will be 
happy in what they do. Why? Why are they happy? Because they're making changes. They're making progress. Things are getting better. They're not worse. They're not stuck. They're moving forward. They're not stuck in some place being the same, frustrated. I can't change. And if that's where you are as a Christian, I got some really, really great news for you. There's this thing called a mirror. And there's someone called the Holy Spirit. And there's a fellowship of believers who have the Holy Spirit who can inspire you and encourage you to change a lot in your life. And the truth is, guys, we hear the word a lot. We hear it a lot, but we're not putting it into practice. And I, I, gotta, I gotta share with you guys because this is so important. Look, look at these apps. Do you know the time that we're living in? What, what's this right here? That's the YouVersion app. I, I use this multiple times. It's got videos. It's got all kinds of stuff, uh, uh, study series. I mean, all kind, you can connect with people. We, there's a network in the church where people are sending verses to each other. They're letting each other know what we're studying and things like that. It's awesome. I, I live on this. I'm so grateful that this, this platform exists, and it's free on your smartphone. Free. I donate because I believe in this. They've got it in so many languages. And do you know what this is? Some of you don't even know what this is. It's the same, but it's for children. It's the coolest thing. It's a, the, the app, Bible app for children. It is the coolest thing. You need to get it because you never know when you're going to run into a child. And children want your phone, right? I mean, if you just leave your phone there and there's children in the room, what are they going to do? They grab it. And they want to play with it. And they want to hack the White House with your phone. Children are smart these days. But if you want to give your children something really good to do, open that Bible app and let them play with it. Let them learn. See, because here's something about children. They, they need a mirror also. Don't they? And you as parents have to direct your children towards God and his word. And I'm concerned for us. I'm concerned for us that we'll go days without reading God's word. Or we get this little pocket mirror. Okay, you got this little thing and it'll only show you maybe like this part of your face. Your eye or your nose. It doesn't give you the full view. Some of you are reading. You have no idea. Take advantage of this. Get in the word. And then something shocks you. Something happens. And you're like, I can't believe I am where I am. I can't believe this happened. And we wrestle and we struggle and we deny. And we say, no, that's not true. That's not who I am. And we get prideful. We live in denial. And it doesn't have to be that way. If you just let God in and let him work. So take advantage of these incredible platforms. Okay, lastly, the pursuit of happiness. The pursuit of happiness. Now, just like when you read the Bible, you have to read it according to the eyes of the writers and the time it was written. What do you think when you think of happiness? The pursuit of happiness. You, you, might, think, you might think of this, because this is the way our world translates it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world? So if I gain the whole world, if I become somebody with so much material things, I will be happy, right? 
That's what the world thinks. Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. What good is it to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit your very self? He's checking us. He's checking the world's view on happiness. You think you will have it all? You won't. You'll lose and forfeit everything. So Jesus is checking us with the statement. So the pursuit of, of happiness. Let me, let me read to you because this is very important. When we hear this declaration of independence and we hear this word, we don't, it's not what you think it is. Let me read to you because there's people that really take the time, like Bible scholars, there are declaration of independence scholars. In fact, Supreme Court justices have the, the job to interpret the Constitution, the Declaration of Inst Independence. They, that's their job. They have to study what did the forefathers mean when they wrote this. See, because it's not what we think. We think pursuit of happiness means about me. I, I got to be happy. Let me read to you what a Supreme Court justice in his study his investigation of what this means. Supreme Court Justice Anthony Kennedy explained in his address lecture to the National Conference on Citizenship. He says, happiness for the, for the framers of the Declaration of Independence, it meant something different. Happiness meant the feeling of self-worth and dignity you acquire by contributing to your community and to your civil life. A little different than what we interpreted, isn't it? 2006, a movie came out. It's called The Pursuit of Happiness. You remember Will Smith? Awesome movie, real story. Showed a, a guy who was at the bottom. He was homeless and had to work his way up. And it gives you an interpretation that if you work your way up the ladder and achieve success, then you will be what? Is that true? We see it over and over again. See, but our, our, our forefathers that wrote the Declaration of Independence had no, it wasn't about self-gratification. It was about making the community that you live in better. It had to do with dignity that you acquire by contributing, by giving, not taking, not receiving, by giving, making place, the place around you and making your civil life better. That's what happiness meant. Totally different than what we it. And then, now, that's what they meant. Let's look at what the scriptures mean when it says about happiness. Where does it come from? Jesus began his ministry talking about this word repent. From that time on, Jesus began to preach. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This whole idea of repentance, if you want to be happy, what does it take to be happy to receive the kingdom of God? What do you need to do? This word, it means to do what? Change. And it starts with the way you think. Change the way you think about life. Change the way you think about yourself, about the world. Learn how to think differently. It starts with thinking differently. If you're going to come into the kingdom, and I believe this, if we're going to truly understand happiness, we've got to change the way we think about happiness because there's a totally, totally, totally misconstrued idea about happiness. Highly recommend. Go see a movie. It's called Happy. It's online. Documented truth, what the world is pushing on us, self-gratification is a trap and a black hole that will destroy your happiness. 
What makes people happy, and our forefathers knew it, God knows it, what makes us truly happy is when we give to other people. So Jesus says, if you want to be happy and be blessed, you got to change. You got to change the way you think about things. You got to change the way that you live. He goes on, and, and this is Peter as he's preaching a sermon because this idea of repentance, it's all throughout the Bible. God is always trying to get his people to move from where they are to where they can be in a right relationship with him. Peter says this, repent then and turn to God. What does repentance give us? It says here, repent and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Now, let's stop. We understand refreshing in California, 110 degrees, and you're out there in it, in the full sun, and it's hot, and you're parched, and you, you, you're, just, you're just like dying of thirst, and somebody walks up and says, here, and they pop it, or they uncap it, or they stick a straw in it, and they hand it to you, and it's just dripping with sweat from the outside because it's cool, and you drink it. What's it feel when it goes down? Ah, it feels so refreshing. Peter is saying, when you repent, it's like that in your soul. There's relief. What happens when you don't repent? Can you really be happy? Can you really experience change? And see, some of us are stuck, and I'm concerned for you because you've given up repentance. You thought, you thought that repentance is a one-time deal. You do it once, you're in church, and I'm done. I've repented. I repented way back when, 1985, I repented. You don't understand. Repentance is much deeper. Here's some of the benefits. You get your sins wiped out. How refreshing is that not to carry around guilt? You get your sins wiped out, and times of refreshing may come from who? Man, if God gives you refreshment, there's no greater gift than that. And I, I want to encourage you, if you've not repented in a long time, it, you need to. And, and this type of repentance that he's talking about, this refreshment, can only come through the Messiah, through Jesus, because it gives us complete forgiveness of all of our sins. And he invites us into a relationship, a close relationship with God intimate relationship with God and the power to continue to change. How many of you have said the phrase, I can't change? Don't raise your hand. I'm not changing. You know, when I was a young baby follower of Jesus, I did a whole Bible study on this word right here, repent. What's it mean? Because I felt frustrated. I wasn't making the changes. And I felt frustrated. And you know, I hear some people in our church saying, I can't seem to change. And, and the real deal, I, I believe, is not that you can't change or that God doesn't have time for you or that uh, you know, you're, you're, a, you're a special case and that you've, you've crossed the line and there's no hope for you. Let, let me just, let me break it down for you. There's a difference, just the same way as a real disciple of Jesus, there's, there's a thing called real repentance. And, and Paul, the incredible thing is he breaks it down for us. You ready? He's going to break it down. There's a real repentance, a real change that you have to make. 
Let's look at it. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10. It says, godly sorrow. So repentance has to do with what? Sorrow. Pain. It means you've got to engage your heart. What are you doing? What are you causing the people around you? What are you causing God? You're causing pain. Sin causes pain. And you've got to identify with that. You've got to see that you're hurting not just yourself. You're hurting a lot of people around you. And now there's a difference. There's, it, it starts with pain, but he says godly sorrow, godly pain, or you know, remorse, godly sorrow brings repentance. It brings real change, but that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. But worldly sorrow brings death. What's the difference? Godly sorrow has to do feeling bad for God and for others around you. Worldly sorrow has to do feeling with bad for who? If you find yourself stuck and discouraged and, and not feeling like you change, you might be in this second category here because you're not really motivated and you're not really inspired because it's all about you. You struggle with depression. Let me just be honest with you guys. This is a serious deal. People that don't know this, they don't understand this, they don't have the scriptures, they get really down on themselves and they practice what's worldly sorrow and it gets so dark, it gets so bad, they think about taking their life. It's in the Bible. One of Jesus' followers took his life. You know why? Because he was down here and not up here. Who did he feel bad for? He didn't feel bad for Jesus. He didn't feel bad for the apostles. He didn't feel bad for God. He felt bad for himself. And there's no way out of that. There is a way out when you think about God because what does God say to you? I forgive you. And I'm ready to give you another chance. Man, isn't that good news? I mean, that's the gospel. The gospel is great news. Don't you understand that? It's great news. It means you can change. It means God loves you. He's going to give you another chance. That's awesome news. But who are you focused on? Some of you are not changing. You're not having breakthroughs because you're not really repenting. You're focused on yourself. It's worldly sorrow. It's a facade. It's a show. You're walking around discouraged, and you're moping. You're moping. Ah, oh, I can't change. And Really? Repent. Look at what you're doing to people. Look at what you're doing to God. Look at the opportunity that you have and the refreshment that you can have. Look at what he says. He goes, it goes on. God, godly sorrow. Look at what this godly sorrow has produced in you. And this is a great test to know if you are really repenting. Godly sorrow produced in you. What does it do? It produces what earnestness means. Let's go. Let's go. Let's do this. Let's make changes. I can't wait till Tuesday because Joe and Sandy are going to bring it. I can't wait for this class on Tuesday. I can't wait for Mike's class on Tuesday because he's going to bring it. He's going to give it to us. I can't wait to change more. I want more. I don't want to stay the same. I'm ready to grow. What earnestness, what eagerness to clear yourselves. I just want to get right with people. I want to get right. I don't want to be stuck. I don't want to be in bitterness. I don't want to hold on to stuff. I want to let stuff go. I'm eager to let it go because God's let it go with me. I want to let it go with anybody else. And let me just say this. If you're holding on to stuff, you're bitter, that's worldly sorrow. See, because why, why do bitter people hold on to stuff? 
because they are so hurt. And they're so preoccupied with me and, and what you've done to me. You, you are the reason my life is a mess. And they, they, they make it up. They make it really look good. And they're like, no, I've let it go. Ooh, no, you don't. You have, it is so dark in your heart. And you're not honest. You don't see it. You don't see it. You're not looking. You're not honest. You're bitter. You got resentment. It's not worth it. Please let it go. What eagerness to clear yourselves. What indignation. I'm so sick of the way I've been living. I want nothing to do with it. If I'm struggling with addiction, I want nothing to do with it. I don't want to be around those people. I don't want to be around computers. If internet porn is calling me down, pulling me down, I don't want anything to do with it. I am clear. I'm away from this. I don't want anything to do with it. If drinking and bars and that kind of stuff, no, I don't want anything to do with it. I'm a changed man. I want to seize this opportunity. What alarm, what longing, what concern, what readiness. I'm ready. Let's go. Let's do this. Let's make changes. Can I be honest with you today? There's not enough of this going on in the church. And I'm concerned. Guys, we got a de declaration of independence, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. And we're Christians and we can't have that? Really? They were, they were setting fireworks off till 1 o'clock in the morning last night. I heard it. I was up. And they're celebrating. Celebrating something awesome. We're free. But we're not free. And we're not happy. Because we're not changing. Now, that, that's not everybody. That's not everybody. But it needs to be everybody. We need to be start making changes. Are you with me? Let's do this. Let's, let's make these changes. And, and it's not just a one-time deal. It's a lifestyle. Let me share with you my life, okay? Last week we had a garage sale. I had a bad attitude. Yes, you're a minister. I had a bad attitude. My wife was rolling it out. Oh, on Thursday, on, she's telling me on Saturday we're going to have a garage sale. And I was like, man, I don't know if I want to have this. Why are we going to have a garage sale? We're not going to make any money. It's a lot of work. Be... And she says, you're not going to have to do anything. You're not going to have to do anything. Okay? I'm like, no, that's not true. I'm going to have to do a lot. You're, you, you know? What was wrong? What was wrong, guys? I had a bad attitude. What was required in the moment? I had to repent. And I thought of Joe Newfield. Man's got a good attitude about garage sales. <laughs> now, he didn't, he didn't start with it. He gets there. And I thought of Joe. I thought of Joe. I said, Joe has a good attitude about garage sales, and so I'm going to have a good attitude. And God blessed us. But I had to repent. Okay, the, the very next Monday, this past Monday, I, I was tired. And guys, you know what I'm talking about. Tired, hungry. What happens? Get impatient. So we go from we go from Thursday, I gotta repent. Monday, what do I gotta do? Repent again. And before the day is over today, I'll probably have to repent. Some of you are not repenting. You are not living a lifestyle of repentance. 
It's occasional. It's once in a while. That's not what the Bible's talking about. John the Baptist, he, he, he rolled out his whole ministry. He says, in keeping with repentance. means an ongoing thing. You keep it going. You keep it going and you, and you, and you do it. I, I, gotta, I gotta pull this out of the Old Testament because it's so awesome. Because this is a religious group of people we're here with. I'm religious. You're religious. If you're a guest here, people who've been to church a little while, guess what they are? You guys that are kids growing up in church, guess what you are? Like it or not, you can say, well, I'm not religious. Oh, you are. Because you grew up in it. You come to church regularly. Look at, look at Zechariah. This is pulled out of the Old Testament. And the word of the Lord came to Zechariah. This is what the Lord Almighty said. Administer true justice. In other words, make changes. Administer true justice. Show mercy and compassion to one another. What's he saying here? Repent and make changes. There's a whole group of people around you, outside of your group, that you're not taking care of. Which shows you're not repenting. He goes on, verse 10. Do not oppress the widow or the fatherless or the foreigner or the poor. Do not plot evil against each other. He's talking to the Jews. What are they doing? They're hurting each other. And they're not taking care of the people who, and these people, these lists of people, he's talking about widow, fatherless, and the poor, they're on the bottom. They're on the bottom and they're not getting taken care of. They have no one to defend them. Guess what Christians and followers of Jesus should be doing? Defending the defenseless. Taking care of these people who don't have the resources or the, the status to take care of themselves. In other words, what he's saying is you are blind to the needs of the people around you. Open your eyes. And why is this happening? Why are their eyes closed? Why are they blind? But they refuse to pay attention. Stubbornly, they turn their backs and cover their ears. I want you to imagine this, okay, guys? You're talking to me, we're having a conversation, and I do this. What? Did you say something? Are you doing that to the people around you? Are you doing that to God? Are you turning your back on him? When you don't listen, when you refuse to listen to what God is trying to say to help you, to save you, and not just save you, it's save people around you. If you turn your back, if you're stubborn, if you do this, you're a religious person. He goes on. They made their hearts as hard as flint. And they would not listen to the law or to the words that the Lord Almighty had sent by his spirit. Do you know that the Holy Spirit spoke in the Old Testament? He's speaking today. Are you listening? Are you rejecting the word of the Spirit through the earlier prophets? So the Lord Almighty was very angry. Yes, God gets angry. He loves us, but he gets angry. He gets frustrated with us. Why are these people changing when I love them and I want so much for them? When I call, they did not listen. See, God calls to us. He's calling to you today. He's calling you to change. 
He's trying to give you hope that you can grow and you can, your life can be so much better than higher than, than you can imagine. You can make change in your life. You can pursue happiness as it's defined. You can make incredible changes. But they didn't listen. So when they called, oh, wait a minute. So when they called, I would not listen, says the Lord Almighty. That's strong, isn't it? It gets to that point. It gets to that point. Now, one thing I know about God, okay, just to encourage you so you don't go dark on me, he says this, he says this, but he keeps on listening. I've seen it so many times in the Old Testament. I read stories and I go, and I've experienced it in my own personal life. I don't deserve it, and God still hears my prayer. He never gives up on us. And here's the amazing thing. We go, we go a couple chapters further. This chapter, chapter 9, is so amazing. 500 years before Jesus, this chapter is describing Jesus walking in to the city of Jerusalem on a donkey that's never been ridden before. The perfect description. This is how it's going to happen. 500 years before. And then jump down here to verse 16. And look what it says. The Lord their God will save his people, even though they're hard-hearted. Even though they're rebellious and their hearts are hard as flint, I'm still going to save them. I'm still going to help them. I'm still going to hang in there with them and save his people. So that day the shepherd saves his flock. They will what? Sparkle in the land like jewels in a crown. What does God want to do with his people? What does he want to do with you? Are you sparkling? That's what he wants to do with us. Guys, we as a church should be shining like nobody else in this country. We should be the fireworks. We should be the ones because, you know, we got the Declaration of Independence, but people don't know what that means. They don't know what life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness means. They misinterpret it. They don't understand it. They see life as purely material here and now. They see freedom as, you know, that I can do what I want, and they don't really understand what freedom is, and they don't even understand what happiness really, truly is. And when you do this, you sparkle in his land like jewels on a crown. Ever seen a crown, a real crown, and they put kind of like lights on this? What happens? Boom. It's got some bling to it. And we get enamored by bling. See, God wants to turn you into bling, spiritual bling. But it starts in here. It starts here, so let's wrap this up. It's time. What does God want for all of us? The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Who needs to repent? Is there anybody here today that doesn't need to repent? Is there anybody on this planet that doesn't need to repent? Not what Peter is saying here. God wants everyone to repent. My question is this. Are you ready to repent? Are you ready to repent? Starting this week. If you want life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, it starts with repenting. And the, the incredible thing is, we get to repent. 
Do you realize that? It's a blessing. Some people, they'll never change. They don't know how to change, and they're never going to get really changed because they don't understand how, and they don't have the relationship with God because they don't pursue it. What a blessing we have to be able to change. And you know what God does with changed people? He blesses a community with changed people. You know, people say, God bless America. How many times did they say it yesterday? I'm sure our president said it. I'm sure all the politicians said it. God bless America. We're going to play a song at the end of the service when we're dismissed. America the Beautiful. Love that song. God has blessed America. But you want to be a blessing to your family? You want to be a blessing to America? Repent. Change your life. Give people hope that you can change. I can change. We can change. Give that to your children. Let's be a people that are all about change. So right now we're going to take the communion and we're going to remember what Jesus went through because I believe, you know, uh, our forefathers, a lot of soldiers died for us, but the, the, the one who died for us in a way that doesn't near anybody else is Jesus. He died so you and I could be free, so we could have life, liberty, and truly per, pursue happiness. Let's pray for the communion. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word today that's like a mirror. God, I beg you that you'll help us to see ourselves as we truly are, that we'll look into your word and we'll be honest, we'll be truthful with ourselves what we need to change. Heavenly Father, we, we pray this morning that you will give us faith and your power and your ability to transform us. God, thank you that you love us so much and that you've been patient. You've been very, very patient with some of us, with me. And God, we lift up right now, Jesus, as we take the communion, we remember what he did for us as he gave his body and let his body be ripped to pieces for us. He took our place. What we deserved, he got. Father, I pray that you'll bless the, the, the bread and you bless the fruit of the vine, the grape juice, God, that reminds us of Jesus and his blood was poured out, the blood of the new covenant, a covenant that represents love and change and hope. Father, bless this communion and bless our lives. We pray, Father, you'll please, God, after today, that you'll please help us to shine in our families, in our communities because of our repentance. We love you. Thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you.